Evening, you, Flucker fans. Are you adopting that? As the oh, new, I love the that new music. theme tune. To... Yeah, it uplifts me. Does it? Yeah, do it like does. It? Yeah, I do. I do. It's just got a certain je ne sais quoi. I love it. Anyway, uh, evening, Flucker fans. Yeah, evening, Flucker fans. Or good day, good morning. Yeah, wherever well, you are. I haven't seen you all day. Where have you been? Yeah, but not today. Yeah, why? What? I've been busy doing all sorts. Abandoning of... me down the yard on my own. I did abandon you. Yeah, but was... you're you're all right. You're a man of many talents. It was okay. It went okay. Yeah. Well, until the point where somebody turned up to collect a car that I didn't even know was being collected, so I was poo-pooing it and wouldn't let them collect it, and then they started getting a bit shitty, and mm. then, and then was I that found a, that was they that were... the BMW. Yeah, mm. nice car, very nice car. But anyway, it would be yeah. We don't want people nicking cars, do we? Not coming in saying I've come to collect a car and we don't know who they are. Because of course that never happened. No, God no. Yeah, might do. Anyway, the accountant turned up. He picked up that new uh, GTI. Guess how much? How much? How many BHP that car is? Is it about 280? 290 brake horsepower. Oh. Why would you need all that power mm. when you're so young? Nice car, though. I think he's charging you too much. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. He shouldn't be able to afford a car like that. Yeah, I should have thought about that. How yeah. come you can afford a car like that? Yeah, yeah, he's billing you. That's why we can And I'm driving it. around in old transit vans. Yeah. Anyway, it has been busy down the yard this afternoon. We had a Flucker fan come in. Really? Yeah. Brilliant. Ever such a nice chap. ex Knott's cop. Really? Yeah. Fabulous. He didn't do that many years. He was ex-military um, intelligence. Oh, really? Yeah. And you know with these intelligence type people, as soon as, you, as, soon as they mention something like that, they like glaze over and, don't, and stop talking. They, they can't mm. divulge stuff. He told me a bit of a story, though. Oh, what about military intelligence? Yeah. No. About being in the job. Oh, well, not please. Yeah. Oh, go on. Yeah, he probably want to tell this story. I'm going to, I'm going to tell it because I, I want to. It was a good story. So he. Why is he going to come on? He said he might. Yeah. All right. Yeah, if he can fit us in, he said he will. Cool. You know, but it's all like covert. You know, it's shady. But you know, mm. he, no one quite knows what he's thinking or what he's doing. So right. you know, it'd be one of those jobs. Uh, but he said that he was uh, doing the normal uh, beats type stuff. And um, then he applied for this sneaky beaky role. Not entirely sure what, you know, mm-hmm. again, he was a bit evasive about what it was. Well, uh, I suppose it'd be a natural fit for him if he'd spent Well, exactly. Time he was obviously him. perfect for the job. Yeah, perfect yeah. for the job. Uh, and uh, he got an email, suddenly, out of the blue, saying, uh, you've got to come to uh, HQ straight away. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh. Okay, all right then. So he got in his car with HQ. Met up with... Uh, uh, this lad and uh, he said right we've got to go up to the uh, top corridor got to go straight up there and sat there was the ACC and a couple of other officers and he's like well what's this all about then and so one of the officers explained uh, or the ACC goes to him and said something's cropped up something's cropped up um, was this to do with the, the new role then yeah yeah he said, whilst we've been doing all the extra vetting, because oh, being like right. a special role, they had to do like super-duper vetting. That's developed vetting, isn't it? I think it's called. Ooh, is it? Mm. Developed vetting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and one of those terms that means nothing at all, isn't it? Developed meth vetting. Well, unless you're going through it. Well, it's still a bollocks term, isn't it? Anyway, so um, he said, uh, yeah, the ACC said, uh, apparently, uh, we can bring up the fact that you have a military record but nobody can gain access to the information contained in it. And this chap turned round to the ACC and said, sorry, boss, that's above your pay grade. 
Oh, I'd love to have been there, wouldn't you? Oh, can you imagine? Apparently, he wasn't very happy at all. Oh. Apparently, he went bright purple and you could see steam coming out of his. Yeah, oh, oh, I can imagine. Oh, that would have been great. Brilliant. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think he's still got the job, though. Well, I would think so. <laughs> Mike, well, that's not like the police, though, is it? To give somebody a role that they've got a lot of experience in. No, Christ, no. no let's, let's move you somewhere where you don't want to work yeah. and you're not looking forward to and you've got no skills or background in because we're going to train you to do that job. And then we'll pick somebody else yeah. who's... Who can do brilliant, brilliantly on the paper sift and can answer all yeah. these irrelevant questions. Yeah. Because the fact that you'll be great at the role is absolutely not a reason to be promoted. No. Or moved yeah. to a role. Oh, Christ, yeah. That's the last place well, you'd ever got, go to. Something suitable. You've got a lifetime of experience in the military and in, in intelligence. Yeah. You'd be, you'd be yeah. ideal for this role. You're but definitely not, gonna... not getting that. Yeah, you're Na- going. Neighbours, go- neighbours policing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to put you on the new neighbourhood support unit. Oh, whatever it's called. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fantastic. I've got a story about an ACC. Have you? Yeah. Well, oh. I'll come to it in a minute, but Ooh. just very quickly then about the right people for the right job. Yeah. Um, we, we can cover that in a bit, I think. What, down the off? You're talking about Crash? He's, he's ideally suited to that, apart from crashing the vehicle. Well, he needs a banksman every time we yeah, reverse his Yeah, true, true. Uh, you, one, of, one of a good friend... One of our good friends tutored an ex-military guy Ooh. many, many years ago. And right. I think he was quite a senior officer in the, uh, out of the British Army. Ah, right. Joined the police. And uh, yeah, a good friend of ours tutored, tutored them. And I don't think this... Uh, Who's this then? This mime it to me. Who he is? I can't. Oh. Okay. I can't mime it. But anyway, <laughs> he's got a very special role now, this, this chap I'm talking about. But anyway, so he's tutoring Ooh. this... Uh, this Military officer. Oh, yeah, right. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this military officer turns around to him and just says... What, hand on the hip like that? Uh, yeah, I'm just stretching. I've got my back, haven't I? You have, actually, yeah. Me. How did yeah. you get that? Fighting in the job. Oh, did you? And then I got rammed on in pursuit. Yeah, something to do with oh, lifting oh. all those flagstones. Oh, well, I thought you meant originally. Yeah, no, you, ag- that, you, uh, you aggravated it the other day, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Yes. Oh, do you look in pain? I am sat a bit awkward, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're interrupting me in story. Sorry, no, I, just, I get put off when somebody's standing there with a hand on their hip in a slightly hand-on-hip kind of way. That's because I'm in Navy. <laughs> anyway, anyway carry this, on. this military officer turned to uh, a cop that was tutoring him and basically said, yeah, good Lord, do they always speak to you like this? I'm <laughs> not having this. And Were he you was, Yeah, and he just could not cope with the dealing with the human... Detritus, yeah, human detritus society that the police very often come into contact with. Was he used to people calling him sir? I think he was perhaps used to, um, yeah, the officers' mess where it's all a little bit lovely and you know, passes another glass of port. I was only one member of the community who used to call one one section of the community that used to call me sir when they were arrested. Mm. They were the do they live in Carrolls? They do, yes, sir, but it was was, sir (laughs) rather than sir. Um, once I worked out what they were saying, it was, uh, you know, it was certainly quite respectful mm. until they called you, you white-faced bastard, mm. uh, which was unfortunate. So needless to say, the uh, army officer didn't last very long. He, didn't he? I think he resigned. Mm. He, well, he just couldn't cope with it. You see, I... Dealing with these imbeciles. Yeah, I think that it takes a certain type of person to to not be affected by that side of policing. And I think that when you first join up, don't you, you're, you're presented with this swashbuckling, crime-fighting, problem-solving persona that you, that you wish to have. Um, they don't tell you about the fact that sometimes you might be sat in custody 
with one, your hands in one of those little machines that catches the shite that comes out of the backside of a drug-taking youth who swallowed some drugs, mm. and then that you would have to manipulate those turds with eloquently your... put. Yes, it was so. It was going so well. Well, it was <laughs> until the point I said to oh, uh, the, the 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 mass of feces that. Mm came out of the posterior of the rectum of this, of this offender. Following defecation. Indeed. Yes. Uh, and so you put your arms into this little machine. I don't know why I'm describing this. Anyway, you put your arms into this little machine and you've got these... For the listeners, up. it looks like we're playing charades. Yes, <laughs> his arms yes. Are what's going it, what's it um, and you would think that all this gadgetry would be really effective at sorting that problem, but don't, it stinks. So you put your hands in and then you, you, you manipulate this large pile of poo mm-hmm. and you have this little tappy squirty thing yes and then so you then squirt the poo with this with this stuff water possibly water um and and then hopefully you're left with a little nugget of crack cocaine or something like or that a little nugget or or even just a little nugget yeah uh and then you're like if you're like, i hope i don't squirt it down the drain because then it'd be like ooh, you know yeah, well, don't think he don't think he did anything, boss. Yeah, that, no, there was nothing there, there. Nothing there. No, there weren't five pieces of crack cocaine worth thousand pounds up his backside. But they never mentioned that role when I joined up, and they don't mention no. the fact that people will threaten to rape your children and come to your house and yeah. set fire to it. They don't mention mm. that. It's all about oh no, problem solving, policing, and crime fighting, blah 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 blah. Which is all very well, but I think it takes a certain kind of person to be to have the mental fortitude to be able to see you through the lots of dark times that you encounter. And I think it's a mistake. Talking about, you're talking about faeces in a, in, a, in a cell, but nobody ever mentions dirty protests, do they? No! God, that's God, disgusting, I mean, isn't it? Yeah. For, for our viewers that haven't ever seen a dirty protest, do you want to share exactly what it is? Yes, it's normally when a, um, an individual who's more than likely been locked up... A degree of umbrage. <laughs> yeah. Innocently, of course. Yeah, obviously. Whilst they're in a cell, they decide they want to protest. Oh, and right. Do they, do they write a note and pop it under? And they haven't got a pen, have they? No, they haven't got a pen. No, what do they use okay. to write with? Hmm. Well, uh, normally it's faeces. What, normally? What yeah. is it sometimes? With a dirty protest. Yeah. Well, you say normally it's faeces. What else is it? Well, in a dirty protest? Yeah. Nothing. Oh, right. Oh, right. I thought you said there's not an alternative to no. feces. Occasionally, oh, I see, yeah, occasionally my mind running riot. <laughs> yeah, so they uh, yeah, cause themselves to defecate on yeah. the uh, cell floor and then spread it all over the walls, all over the door, over the window so you can't see in, uh, throw it at the oh, CCTV yeah. camera, yeah, yeah, yeah. urinate everywhere, rub it everywhere, put the fingers down the throat, vomit, oh, chuck that everywhere. That's not very nice. A, a bit of both, a bit of all sorts, a bit of vomit and, you know, feces. Yeah, disgusting. And then you've got to go in there and get them. Yeah, which is very, very unpleasant. I would, I'd just go in with a high-pressure hose, wouldn't you? Yeah, pin them, that, pin them to the back wall. Yeah, but apparently that's against their human rights, apparently. Mm. Washing. Yeah. Um, you have a good hosing. Yeah. Well, they don't give you that stuff, do they? When, when you, no. When you're so what but I, surely people's expectations of... I mean, we've covered a little bit about the snowflake generation, haven't we? But people's expectations... Of when they join, what are they expecting? Because we've had some feedback where some cops were surprised that they had to be involved in confrontation, had to work nights, yeah. weekends. But I don't think this is about. I don't think being resilient to that is about like the snowflake generation. For me, 
there were still, and I've considered myself to be a greengrocer of the world. I consider myself to be like a regular person that's seen a few knocks and seen a bit of confrontation. So when I joined the police, I wasn't of the opinion that it's all going to be roses. But I tell you what, some of the stuff that I saw initially made me felt that I did have a bit of a sheltered life, that I didn't believe people would behave mm. in that manner. It's just not bloody normal. And what I didn't realise was, of course, that a lot of the people we dealt with aren't normal. Well, what is normal? Well, indeed. Normal was, in those circumstances, quite different to how I would have hoped they might Mm. have behaved, I suppose. But, so, I would guess that, if I was shocked by it, I would guess that a lot of new people coming in, that that never gets mentioned to, because I think it should do, I think that they would go, I'm not getting involved in this, this isn't for me. Mm. I don't want this. Because, you know, people have to know that the, the threats of violence and the danger of injury and stress and the disgusting jobs you have to go to and some of the tragic ones of sudden deaths and the bodies that you come across and, and the yeah. awfulness of all of these tragic situations and some of the behaviour of, of some of the regular customers. I don't think there's enough preparation for saying to people... I, I don't believe if you had a thousand applicants for a job and you explained all that to them, I don't think you'd still have a thousand applicants. What? Not even if we said, but we'll pay you to do a degree? Ooh. Oh. To do a degree. I still don't think you'd still have that full number okay. of applicants, personally, hmm. because I think there are a lot of people coming in who are shocked by that and don't want to be part of that kind yeah. of situation. Not to, I think I said in one of the previous episodes, having been in the forces and been around the world and been involved in quite a few, uh, quite a few thing, different things, uh, and then when I landed in Brown Town, some of that am- amazed me. And you were a man of the world. I was well travelled, weren't you? I've been all over. So, hmm. I, 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 I think that, and, and I don't know. I don't, well, and most of the graduates that I've met or over the years or friends of my daughters that when they've been to university so like I can't imagine any of them wanting to join the police well, who would want to do that job really but what, what made you want to do it and what made me want to do it I mean I know why I'd I'd always wanted to join the police I think one of the early episodes when I was mm. you know eight and nine I'd lie in bed with one of those VHF sets I think it was or a UH set or whatever it was yeah. and I'd listen to the police signals in bed and I thought it's like dead exciting mm. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. Uh, and then, of course, there, there was an unfortunate application to Avon and Somerset um, where I didn't get in. But obviously, I was just, it was just my inexperience in life, I would imagine, that prevented me from that. Not, nothing to do with the, the chief's No, it wasn't daughter. the chief. It wasn't the chief's daughter. I keep telling you it wasn't the chief. <laughs> yeah, it was almost the chief, but it wasn't the chief. Yeah. Um, was it the ACC? No, I can't remember now. Right, anyway. Anyway. I'll tell you what, why, why don't you tell us about, before you joined the police, when you were just a humble greengrocer, oh, when you had yeah. that super sports car, and oh. that one day you just decided oh. to drive a little bit fast. Uh, what? And what happened behind you? What, when I got stopped? Well, it wasn't quite like that, was it? Oh my God, no! Come on! No, I can't tell you about that. Oh, come on! No, I'm not going to share that one. Oh, anyway. Oh, so well... Go on, that's, that's All right. So I was driving through in, into waste the fruit on the way to the fruit market. If this is the one you're referring to, I was driving to the fruit market one morning, and it, it was like half past two in the morning because I used to get into full work for about three o'clock. 
And um, um, what car, what type of car were you driving? I had a 911, 911 Turbo. And that was your company car? Yeah, it was a great company car. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it was a fantastic perk. The only trouble was it, it was a bit of a beacon when it came to the old bill, really. Because right. the problem is, I think they see a car like that and they expect you to be driving quickly. Right. Well, back in the day, I think that's what they thought. Of course, now nobody would ever think that because every car's fast now. But back in the day, it was my... Anyway, so I was driving in and um, I uh, was travelling probably around about 30, 35 through this built-up area. And then I saw, um, I saw this vehicle behind me, uh, this police vehicle, go past me and then go right into this. And I was watching it like a hawk. Uh, and I saw it turn around. Uh, to come back and follow me. Uh, I honestly, Your Honour, <laughs> honestly... Get on with it, come on, it's I, great. Right, well, I've no idea why I did it, but I just put my foot down. Right. Oh, my God. And the moment I put my foot down and went up to quite a considerable speed, um, I thought, what am I doing? Oh, my God, what am I doing? And I thought, well, it's too late now. I'm committed. So, yeah, I'm committed. So, anyway, I remember coming up to this roundabout and... Uh, I don't know how I got round that roundabout quite as fast as I did, but I did, mostly on two wheels, and then carried on. I thought, oh my God, what do I do? Shall I dump the car? Shall I... No, I just hope it all goes away and I just drive carefully now to the fruit market. And of course, there was this massive reception committee for me at the fruit market because the vehicle was insured and registered to the fruit, fruit. market where I worked. And uh, they, they were waiting there. There was several units. There was a dog fan. Um, and the officer flagged me down. Now, there was, I was there, passing a small amount of poo. And the bloke officer leant in the window. He said, um, uh, if you can just wait here for a minute, sir, there's a colleague of mine who was following you earlier who's travelling down to talk to you. Well, he took bloody ages to get there. <laughs> <laughs> what was he in, a panda? He was a, I think he, uh, either a panda or a dog fan, something like that. Oh, right, yeah. okay. So he turned up and... Um, and I've always been quite able to talk to people in difficult situations, you know. So he turned up and I'm like, oh my God, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I can't believe what I've done. I'm insured, I'm taxed, but I saw you chasing me. I wasn't chasing you. Well, I, I don't know, I had this sudden flush. I've never been in any trouble before. Suddenly I see your vehicle turn around and I get this moment of panic. I don't know why, I've done nothing wrong. I am so, so sorry. <laughs> All right, mate, don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been near the end of the shift because uh, that was it, off I went. So, or oh, I failed to stop them. Oh, no, not oh. technically. I didn't fail to stop because he didn't try and stop me, well, did he? So he says, but only, he only said that because he wasn't pursuit trip. But there's ever such a good turnout. Uh, look, it sounds like it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, on another occasion, actually. I always, I always did get pulled over quite a bit in that car. Another occasion, I was pulled over early in the morning. And um, uh, I saw the vehicle turn around again and, follow, and, and put its lights on. I thought, well, I've done absolutely nothing wrong here. I was, again, I was travelling at the speed limit. So I'd gone around this 90-degree left-hand bend, and I, I thought, this is a bit annoying, so I'm going to pull their leg a bit. And I pulled in, and I parked in a lay-by immediately after the 90-degree degree bend. The car goes past me about 90, lights going. Of course, I've done bugger all, you know. And then they see that I'm parked up there smirking. And then so they reverse back. And then, uh, oh, uh, uh, 
We thought uh, this was a stolen car. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so uh, why, are you, why are you dashing around with all these blue lights on then? I was travelling at 30. I didn't, you didn't need to chase me. I was travelling at 30 and never went any faster. Uh, well, actually, the reason why we've gone, there's been an, an, an alarm come on at the bank down in the city centre. And so, all right, so there's an alarm on at the bank and you're more interested in talking to me at the side of the road, having done 31 hours. Oh, it was all very embarrassing and off they went. <laughs> so I was, a, I was ever so naughty in those cars. So that is one of the reasons why I haven't got motorbikes anymore. Mm. I, I just enjoy speed, right. I suppose. Mm. But anyway. well, um, we've noticed that from oh. your police career and the way you used to drive those uh, pandas around. Well, I made good progress. That's what I'd say. I made yeah. progress. That's what you advanced types. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm. that's what yours was. Anyway, was, did you I'll, say you were... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I've got a quick story about ACC. Okay. I yeah. think it was ACC or it DCC. It was ACC. Would you like to name this ACC? No. Was it not? Yeah. Well, can we narrow it down to the year? <clears throat> 2004, 2005. That shouldn't take much figuring out. Uh, new AC. No, it might have been a bit later than that, actually. Between a 2000... new AC? That's a bit like Diane Abbott 9-9. Uh, yes, it was, yeah. But you keep interrupting me. Sorry, well, I, was thinking I have about a bit tonight, aren't I? Sorry, I'll just drink this beer. Well, it Cheers. would have been between 2004 and 2008. I'm not going to narrow it down any more than that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was on the uh, firearms team, and this new uh, ACC, AC. Yeah, yeah. nine nine. <laughs> this new ACC had decided that they were going to um, uh, market themselves. So they were going around to all the different departments and introducing themselves and what their vision was and oh, how they were going to help drive, you know, performance and oh, get Nottinghamshire back to where it should be and that all that kind of stuff. Down. So anyway, we, we were all called into this big, almost like a briefing room at the base that I worked at and all the chairs were laid out, rows and rows, and so all of the operational support, well, not all, but the majority of operational support officers, even if on rest days, were called in to really? come in for this, for this meeting. meeting. Yeah. So there was mounted was section, dog section, ARV cops, force support, I think tactical um, surveillance unit. Wow. They were there. It was packed with gaffers. Yes. And yeah. these are all people that are easily impressed. Well, anyway, so we're all sat there and in walks the uh, ACC. Yeah. And gives it his spiel. Yeah. And you can imagine some of these dog handlers have been in, yeah. been a dog handler for they 20 odd years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the buzzwords. So impressed. Yeah. And all sat there, and at, the end of, and at the end of the spiel, <laughs> the ACC looks at everybody and went, Wake up. Right then, anybody got any questions? Oh no. And it's like tumbleweed. Yeah, well, nobody ever asked questions. And you can just see like the old sweats, old traffic lads, you know, folding their arms, like in a very defensive, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to just sat ask there anything. looking at the floor, everyone. <laughs> anybody got any questions? And the gaffers, you know, from the operational support department are looking over the crowd. Of and did he have the impression of somebody who actually wanted some questions? Did and uh, he just go on. Anybody got any questions? Go on. Oh, anything. No. You, can, you, know, oh, no. you can ask me a question about anything. Oh, God. So one of my colleagues, who was quite an amusing guy, stuck his hand up and he went, yes, officer. And he goes to the ACC, have you got any pets? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, of course, yeah, yeah. It was just, there was like, was it just heads and shoulders going up yeah. and down all across all these seats. And the gaffers from the operational support department were just staring at this oh, car as if to say, 
you're off your brown your brown bread yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was brilliant that was that was a oh, fantastic moment yeah you, do you remember who that officer was I that, do. That, oh is he still around no oh yeah no. he left uh he left knots went to a, a different force and i do believe he might have even left that force and is now a civilian but, oh uh, god he sounds like he'd be yeah. great to come on brilliant lad yeah i had a really good laugh with him yeah test. and we was uh we were sfos together as well yeah fantastic good, good guy but anyway, yes, that was my ACC story. Excellent. Hmm. Uh, we've got some more welcomes to uh, officers from the NYPD yeah. to say hello to. Um, I think we've had a message from an officer on the, uh, I think it's on the on the boat section, the maritime section. So that could be quite interesting Yeah, to chat to uh, a couple of those. I'm looking forward to that. And we've also uh, got ourselves into the RAF base. Oh, yeah. Four. Well, it looks One. like we have. Yeah. Uh, with a press card. Which is great. We're now oh, like official journalists. God, oh my God. Can we call ourselves God. journalists? Podcasting. Groundbreaking. Well, it is. Journalist. Yeah, cutting edge journalism. We are. <laughs> so this is, have you told the viewers about... Um, no. Oh, do you want to crack up and tell them about when and who, what and when? Oh, how I think we've mentioned space? it before because we did this special... Yeah, but it wasn't, we didn't know the All date. All right, so... And it's soon. Sunday, the 27th of October. Yeah. The Ride of Respect... Where, taking place. Where can people find details on for, it? On Facebook. If they just go on Facebook and search Andrew Harper, Ride of Respect, it will come up. You can click and join the group. Uh, I think there's over 5,000 members in the group. There's loads and there's, there's literally thousands of people going to turn up on Sunday the 27th. I think registration starts about 9.30. Yeah. No entry starts about 9.30. You do have to register to go. Right. So people c- so still they can, go, can book to go. You've got to be yeah. on a motorbike, haven't you? You've got to be on a motorbike. Right. Okay. Yeah. And they're doing the Ride of Respect from RF. Was it Benton? That's right. Yeah, the route, everything's on there on Facebook, all the information's on there. So if you're interested and you want to go, That'd get registered, get down there. We are going. We are going. Do some live... Yeah, some live flucker podcasting yeah. from Benson to get the reaction from some of the people going. We so are. So that's quite exciting, isn't yeah. it? You'll recognise us there because we'll be the ones wearing balaclavas. Yeah, that's right. We never mention names. Yeah. On location. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and we've had some nice feedback recently, haven't we? We have had some lovely feedback. What are you passing me that for? Am I going to read it? Yeah. Okay. So this is from a uh, a newbie cop who's currently doing their training. And they're, they're, I think they might have had a bit of a difficult time towards the end of the training. So uh, did they, we all? Well, well no, Mike came, came, yeah, Mike came in the first couple of weeks, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. as did mine. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, sorry, yeah. And so she sent, sent a lovely message. So uh, she says, Hi, total newbie to the podcast and the police. First, absolutely love what I've heard so far. It's a refreshing change to hear this kind of outlook from the boring days I'm spending in training school. Oh dear, still boring then. You're totally spurring me on and making it slightly more bearable. How oh, that's nice. nice. Yeah, cool. How would you feel about discussing the current state of recruitment with the new degree entry? Mm. I personally did a degree in policing uh, and specialed. I was a special alongside this before she began training as a regular. She found it totally of no use whatsoever, aside from the sections of law and, of course, being out on the job. I can't see how the new routes in are going to bring the best people for the jobs, and I feel that the pay cuts are going to put people off from joining. Yeah, because I think this. Mm. So she's currently uh, going through the what was known as the um, was it Ipple Dip, wasn't it? Yeah. The uh, process that perhaps was very similar to what you and I did. And she'd be intrigued to hear our opinions on recruitment right now and going forward. 
How is this going to shape the forces? Uh, thanks for the chuckles and morale boost and intriguing content. Ooh, that must, content. Yeah, that must be the bits when we're talking about must my be. special bits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, you are so special. <laughs> I felt you it. still are. You mate. make me you feel still special. Are oh, special. Yeah. But I am only, I can only be special because I'm surrounded by people special like you. Special people. That's right. Ah. Uh, truly keeping it going through the last few weeks. Keep up the great content. Right. Cool. So there we go. Some so why feedback. do people need degrees to do this job? Uh, yeah. Why? Well, isn't it a case? Well, not not everybody needs a degree to this job. I, I tell you what. Let, let's. I I've got very very limited academic qualifications. Didn't do particularly well at school. I was all right. I, was, I think I'm fairly bright, yeah. but not on paper. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think if I'd have managed to stay in the, the police service, not obviously getting medically retired out because of injury and not getting sacked or locked up, maybe I would have done it if I'd have carried on policing the way I was taught. Yeah. Uh, I think I would have progressed to probably the max chief inspector. So I don't below th- the level at which you start talking complete bollocks. <laughs> Just below. Well, well, it's, it's, it's common opinion that that is the level at which the, the things start to detach from reality, and you start talking in a corporate way. Which well, you become detached to. from the police. Isn't reality anyway? Is it? Do you think Just you'd have got chief inspector? I think all of them. Yeah. Do you think? I wonder if Wendy would would agree with that. Yeah. Well, hey, well, Wendy agrees a lot with this uh, female cop. That's yeah, she does uh, actually, uh, doesn't she? About how the degree could potentially discriminate against certain sections of. Community. But, Good point. But do you need a degree to be a chief inspector? Um, I don't think so because I think chief inspectors are just at still, that point where they're still sort of operational, aren't they? And you know they're there because of their experience and the skills and abilities that they've you know harnessed through a police career. Some people do it quicker than others, you know. But hey, well, but I don't think I would have the academic. Uh, comprehension or ability to have, to have gone maybe much for more than inspector chief inspector. I don't think I could have done it. Well, I don't. I don't. I think there's been some. So, that, so it might be. Sorry to interrupt you, mm. but it might be that we need graduates to fulfil that role. I'm not saying that there aren't people that are superintendents or chief superintendents or even maybe even chiefs that don't have degrees. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, is it a, a case of where they're shaping cops with degrees and Harnessing talent and identifying talent and promoting that talent, maximising potential of people. I don't know, and that's right, but that happens anyway. I identified people when I was a sergeant that were super talented and earmarked and they are going to go places. And, but that's just that's the role of the sergeant, yeah. isn't it? To I'm... identify talent, and if they overtake you in terms of promotion, well, then that's... That, that's it, because you, and then you've done your job as a sergeant. Yeah, that's right, you've done well to do that. Yeah, because you? you've identified that person is talented, they need to go places. I think with the old system of you start at the bottom and work your way through all of the ranks, gaining experience, I think that the ranks that you're talking about, chief inspector, perhaps superintendent, whereby experience for that role is super important. You know, and the years of development of that experience—not just the experience of policing and investigation, but also of managing people, talking to people, pulling them together, leading them—I think that is those skills that a lot of people will acquire over years. And there are people of high rank who who don't have terrifically academic, uh, you know, success, 
um, but are fantastic in those roles. Mm. So I think in that way where you do go through all the ranks over a long period of time and, and you earn your stripes and you earn your pips, and yeah. I think that, um, no, you don't need a degree. You don't. So why is there suddenly a shift in the way recruitment is now uh, shaping the, and, and shaping the way the police is going to be? Why have they decided that cops need to have degrees? Oh, I don't know. I thought you were going to be able to tell us. Well, I don't know. No, I've absolutely no idea at all because it doesn't, for me, I don't think, just like this lady here who's uh, contacted us, it's been of absolutely no use whatsoever. Apart from a little bit of the law. And really, when you're starting, that's all you need, a little bit of the law. And plenty of common sense. Bit of pace, bit of stuff about assault, bit of criminal damage. Yeah, I mean, all right then, what about direct entry graduates? You know, people that, or not, not necessarily graduates. What when they've worked in the private sector, but maybe like, been like a manager for a supermarket or a regional manager for a, a chain of stores or what? store chain or whatever, yep. and they go in as uh, direct entry into inspector or superintendent. Yep. Do, do, you, do you agree with that? Uh Perhaps not at inspector level, because I think you still need to have grounds-on experience in the role to be able to lead people in a lot of the inspector's role, certainly as, as a DMI or something like that. Um, I'm, I, I'm reasonably positively disposed towards people going in who can manage people, because one of the things when I first joined the police, one of the things I was shocked at was I thought initially I was going to be joining a really disciplined service that was going to be run in a razor-sharp manner. Mm. Now, I'm no business icon, but I had enough business experience and handling about 40 or 50 staff and keeping them motivated and for, for my business. Uh, and the first thing that I noticed when I, when I joined the police was the man management, the person management was woeful. Mm. Woeful. And the motivation, like it still does to some extent, is, well, right, we want you to do this, and if you don't do that, it's going to be escalated up to your line manager and then if you fail to do that, you'll face disciplinary action. Mm. That was their idea of motivation. And I think to a large extent now, it's all the same with file production, etc., etc. You know, you can send, you can work for months on a file, on a case, put it through, send it off for a prosecution, CPS look at it, two minutes later, you haven't done this, 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 this and this, five minutes before the trial takes place, they give it to a solicitor who's never seen the case before, looks at it for five minutes, picks it apart, then sends out a list of things that you've got to do immediately with an impossible time scale, followed by a threat that if you don't do that, the case will be dropped and your, your uh, you know, senior management will be notified of your failings. Um, I don't know whether it's still the same. If it is, bloody shame on them. Because I was, I was shocked at the, at the lack of man management. And, and the, the, the reality of that situation is great police officers don't necessarily make good people managers. And so what was yeah. happening is that people would get promoted into a situation because they could answer the stupid questions about diversity and all that, you know, um, totally unrelated to actually to the role that you're going to carry out, usual sort of ticky box thing. Um, and they will put this person into a position where they're managing a large team of people with no management skills whatsoever. It just appeared that there was lots of training on all sorts of things, but none related to actually managing people, which is, has to be the most key role mm -hmm. of that sort of position. Well, a similar thing happens when 
you know, certain ranked officers get promoted to you know, very senior positions and they're given budgets to manage. So not only are they managing departments yeah. or whole departments, but then they're managing a budget of say three million or five million pounds yeah. with no budgetary managing skills or experience. Was that how Notts ended up getting a deal with Benzons, which was crippling, and then building something or then leasing something that like, like the Riverside yeah. that was a millstone round Notts Police's yeah. neck and probably still is? Yeah. Um, yeah. You, 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 Who? Yeah. So are we critical of the, the police officers that make those decisions? No. But it's not their fault. No, it'd be like putting me in charge of of yeah of, of our business. Yeah, and we know what happens. How you bad that day. would be? Can you imagine how awful that would be? The books are balance bought down. <laughs> so, uh, what's the benefits of having a degree then? I can see in some respects it's a good well, spin for the job, isn't it? Well, it's good. I tell you why. What I think is I've just thought, thought I just remembered this. But did somebody say that if you spend say 10 years being a cop or 15 years being a cop and you move different departments and you get this if you actually write on a piece of paper what skills and qualifications you've got that you've was got tapped. loads loads that and loads tapped. yeah so yeah that's right it would fill it would fill up an A4 page of, of all your skills abilities and experience however none of those are recognised in civilian street are they well it's true they're not recognised as like Academic qualifications, yeah, yeah, like yeah. BTEC or it's not, yeah. So if he asked you what the qualifications were, UCAS points yeah. or whatever they call it, it would be almost like the University of Life, wouldn't it? That you'd yes. be describing. You wouldn't be describing a degree. So maybe, maybe the government think they should let cops have the opportunity to get a degree. So when they leave, they've got all the skills and attributes that they've gained from being a cop. But actually, bolted onto that, they have also got a degree. Which was well, probably paid for by the police. So maybe it is something they're giving back to the to the police so. officers. I don't know. We need to find out, don't we? we? Well, I can find out. Can you? I think so. Oh, good. Well, we report back to us at a future right. podcast. Okay. I've got some contacts into a university, haven't I? Ah, you have, haven't you? Some very good contacts. Yes. So I could go and have a really good chat with them. Yeah. And maybe we could even get one on. Should we get one on? And say, tell us, why is it? necessary for cops to have degrees what is it what is it about this degree who program? benefits from it yeah, yeah yeah is it the public are they benefiting from no, it no of course not because what do they want you know the cop turns up and says I'm really sorry I can't solve this crime we're never going to catch the offender and you lost your, your property's gone forever well, I've got but I've got a degree hey <laughs> um, but it's a shame isn't it that officer there you know fresh into service you'd hope you know straining at the leash wanting to do the right thing inevitably you know, expecting to be motivated and waiting to get out there, describing the process of getting a degree as a complete waste of time. And she must be having a tough time if, if the likes of you and I and our podcast are spurring her on. I mean, yeah, she's got to be low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to be desperate. Well, you, you've got to be dragged up from the bottom then. Oh. No, we're only joking. Mm. Um, so, okay. Mm. Okay. We can do that. All right. Let's get do on. some research in that. All right. right. Any more stories from fruit and veg shopping? Uh, well, yeah. uh, I've got one. So, um, back in the day, the first fruit and veg shop, uh, shop I opened was in the suburb of uh, Nottingham. And um, first day I opened it, I mean, it was a brand new shop fit. It looked fantastic. It looked fantastic. And um, I was a bit, uh, a bit, uh, wanted to make sure that um, plenty of people came in 
and uh, made uh, full use of the shop. And so I thought, well, I'll just I'll, I'll try and contact the local newspaper to, to run a story. And I was trying to think, what could I do? And then when I was putting out this box of bananas, I found this perfectly straight banana. A what? A perfectly straight banana. Okay. It was like a ruler. It was that straight. Okay. Quite a big, wide, bright, yet no, not bright yellow, because it's like, you know, like a little bit of tinge of green on the end, so yeah. a little bit of shelf life on the customer's fruit bowl, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I got this banana... I thought, what should I do with this? I thought, oh, I'll, just, I'll ring the local newspaper okay. and see if they run a story on my straight banana. But the main thing being, look, mention the name of the shop and just open the shop and get a bit of free publicity. So, Disruptive marketing, that's called. Is it? Yeah. All right, so I, uh, I rang up um, Evening Post. Yeah. Absolutely no interest whatsoever. Joking. Local, yeah. what, not even want to support a local business? No. So okay. I was very disappointed. I bet you were. So I thought, what do we do now? So um, anyway, one of the uh, lads in the shop said, uh, oh, you ought to um, ring the sun. Not the sun. The sun newspaper. The sun, yeah. So I found the number for the sun. And um, uh, yeah, can I speak to the news desk, please? Uh, yeah, what, uh, what have you got? And uh, put me through to the news desk. And then I explained, I've got this straight banana. Is this something you'd like to run a story on? Uh, no, nah, not really. Oh, okay, all right, thanks very much. So, uh, well, there was only one place left to go at that point. So at the time, I don't know whether you can still get this particular uh, broadsheet. So I rang up the uh, Daily Sport. (laughs) (laughs) And um, rang them up and I said, "Uh, can I get put through to the news desk, please? And they just laughed. They don't have a news desk. Oh, right, yeah. okay. And um, so, um, well, this is what they told me. Anyway, what have you got? Uh, well, I've got this uh, straight banana. It's straight banana? Right, right. Have you rung the sun? Oh, oh, oh <laughs> no, 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 I haven't, no. Oh, right, okay. Don't, don't do anything to that banana. We'll have a photographer around within half an hour. God, it was like setting off a siren. <laughs> so um, I was like, oh, God, what's going to happen? So anyway... So this car draws up outside about 20 minutes later. Also, like, oh, it didn't screech the tyres, but it felt as if it was that urgent. A bit like you driving that Porsche. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So um, uh, this young lady then grabs this, what I thought was a camera bag, and sort of comes to the shop, oh, uh, and then comes out the back. Oh, yeah, from, uh, from the Daily Sport. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, right, where do you want to photograph it and all that? She says, oh, uh, well, just where can I get changed? I thought, well, why do you have to get, why do you have to get changed? Um... Uh, well, I'm the model. Photographer's coming soon. A model? Oh, um, okay. And I'm, I'm starting to think, oh my God, this, this, this might not be great. This. In your new shop? Yeah. So anyway. Customers. So the, the photographer turns up and uh, he said, um, right, so how about you in the shop? And my, by this time, it was quite busy in the shop. Mrs. Miggins all in. These old ladies coming and doing this wrong. Right, so how about then in the shop, you, the model, uh, well, what's she going to be wearing? Well, nothing. <laughs> well, she must be wearing something. Well, knickers, obviously, yeah. But I can't have a topless woman in the shop with these ladies shopping. Well, can't you shut the shop? No, I can't shut the shop. It's my first day. Uh, we're doing the stock room. God, and I, I had this like a bit of panic about me at this point. So we said, well, it doesn't look like a fruit shop, does it? I said, well, we can flash up all these boxes of bananas and fruit and make it look like a, like a fruit stall. Yeah, that'll do. So, um... Anyway, this young lady came, comes down from the back stock room where I've directed her to this grotty area to get changed. And she's wearing this like this dressing gown, you know, and then uh, 
the photographer's getting it all set up and he's saying, and, and then, then she said to him, I'm not doing anything dirty with that banana. <laughs> I've never asked you to do anything dirty with this banana, you know, and I'm not holding it in any kind of suggestive way. Okay, all right, it's a bloody straight banana. So, anyway, so, so she takes off this dressing gown. Well, anyway, so... Did you have a moment then? I did for a moment then. <laughs> yeah, I, I was getting a flashback, yeah. She had quite a lot going you, for her, this girl. You were there, weren't you? you I were was, there. yeah, I was in the moment, moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, so uh, the bloke said, right, just put your arm around her. <laughs> and, and I started thinking, what if my, when my wife sees this? This is going to be terrible. How could, this is going to take some explaining. So, um, so I did, you know, like you're told, you know, cause, you know, when sometimes routinely people tell you to do things and it's not until afterwards that you start thinking about, actually, what am I doing? You're just lost in the moment, aren't you? Yeah. Anyway, so I'm there with this naked woman and uh, suddenly... One of my shop assistants stuck, sticks his head around the side the, through the little plastic curtain, you know, these little drapey plastic yeah. curtains you get. Ah, Mark, no, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, uh, boss. Not, yeah, not your real name. Boss, boss. Uh, he needs to come out. I said, well, I'm a bit busy at the moment. Can't, can't you see? Um, yeah, no, no, you've got to come out. So, sorry about this. So I went out. Yeah, I'm so-and-so from environmental health. <laughs> <laughs> I've come to do an inspection of your premises. Sorry, mate, you can't come in. Oh, well, I think you'll find that uh, I am coming in and I'll be doing an inspection of your premises now. No, no, oh, God, it's not like that. I've got a naked woman in the storeroom. And, oh, my God, it sounded terrible. He's terrible. And then he said, oh, that's all right, mate. He said, uh, I used to work uh, for the army and then uh, we used to, uh, I used to do all the inspections of the brothels in Germany. He said, it's not a problem. Used to do with stuff like that. I'll come back in about half an hour. <laughs> so that was it. Next day, very next day, there I was. I think, I don't know, page three, page five, bro grinning broadly. Fortunately, not in connection with this model. as a separate picture as a fresh-faced young greengrocer. And there was this very large picture of this lady holding my straight banana. Wow. Oh, God. Your no, moment of Never fame. again. Yeah, so and anyway, I had endless phone calls from my old pals where I used to work down in Bristol saying, look, we know there's like no publicity is bad publicity, but there is a limit. <laughs> and you've reached it and overstepped it. Ah, yeah, those were the days back the, in the day. The straight banana. Yeah. I think we might be able to uh, resurrect an image from... No, yeah. oh, no. If, we'll obviously have to black out your... Your face, but I'm sure we can get that picture. Yeah, there got, it, it's, we, still it's still circulating around. somewhere. You're not gonna, are you going to put it on? Um, put it on the Facebook site. Can you? You're going to have to put stars on certain parts of her anatomy, though, aren't you? I don't think people would want it. It's a family show. You don't want hmm. people seeing. Absolutely. Things. Her melons. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a fruit. Yeah. But um, boom. She went in there. Anyway, I think on that note. Well, should we fox off? Let's fox off. I quite enjoyed that one, old yeah. boy. Cheers. Come on. Cheers.